Welcome to Millennial Sex True Stories Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X, and I'm in the bedroom tonight. Guys, you know your faithful professor is really just a hoe looking to fulfill her most sensual desires. And I do have a lot of them. So, let me just tell you about the whole moment I just had. I decided to order some food from across the street tonight. I ordered like some food, like a whole bunch of food and a drink to go. It's right across the street. So I called on the phone. I've never, I never do this there, but occasionally I do stop in for a drink or I take a date there for a drink. So I've been to this place actually like three times in the last two weeks. Twice with dates, two different date, two different guys. I was on a date, and then one time I just stopped and got a drink to go. So like every time I've gone, there's this new waiter, and he's like sexy. He's quite sexy. He looks young, and he always has the mask on, but I can tell he's hot despite the mask. He's a little on the small side, but that's fine. I would put all this ass all over him in two seconds. So. But yeah, he's hot. He reminds me of my last lover a little bit. He has like a hot arm sleeve. So I've noticed that he's like sexy. And I feel like when I, you know, go there, he always tells me like, I've seen you before. Like when I call tonight, he's like, I know who this is. (laughs) So thing, he's just a young boy. So I went to pick up my food and like the manager came. And I was like, yeah, I think this is my food. And the manager was all like clueless. Well, then the, the hot guy runs over, and he's like, yeah, I got this or whatever. But the manager was there, so he he was like, he rang it up, and he was like, um, you know, hey, how you doing? And yeah, I know he's doing it because, like, I'm going to leave him a 20% tip just for saying that, but um, <laughs> which I did. Well, 18. So anyway, he does that, and then, like, I literally, like, had to look down because I felt like my vagina getting wet. And then when I looked up, I swear the manager was, like, staring at me. Like, he could read my thoughts. So that was great. (laughs) So I just got my stuff and left. But no, seriously, I want to bone the waiter across the street. There have been a lot of waiters there. None of them I wanted to bone. There's been some cute ones. But this one's, like, yeah. I would give it, I would give it all up. Okay, I would shake my ass all over his freaking crotch. (laughs) Yeah, so that just happened. And I'm at home tonight, and I would love to be like, hey, like, when you get off work, pour you a glass of wine. So this is the thing, though. I never hook up with people from my neighborhood. And that's because in New York, it could be, like, just, like, a block from somebody, from, like, a million people. I don't know. I just don't want to be, like, noited out that, like, People that I desire or used to desire are just in my comfort zone. Like, I'd rather they be farther away so that seeing them is not something that's going to happen without me going out of my way in case I don't want to see them or think about them. And, you know, I don't want people at the restaurant to be, like, talking about me or anything like that. I'd like to have, like, some filthy sex with him. I'm not really really wanting more than that. So... (laughs) I don't really need, like, everybody knowing what kind of kinky stuff I'm into. But it might be worth it. I don't know. What do you think? I've been promising everybody an episode on female dating strategies. I want to do this podcast about female dating strategies after reading a very interesting article that talked about a subreddit on Reddit called... uh, female dating strategy. So I want to talk a little bit about what I see as dating strategies, the professor's female dating strategies. Now, quick disclaimer, obviously the professor is single, but I've been in relationships before. Not to say that they've been successful, however you measure success. So we're going to break down what I see, though, as these dating strategies, because at least I do a lot of dating, and I'm fairly, I'm somewhat content. I'm not, not content. And I, and I do a lot of dating and I have a few things to say about it. So female dating strategies from 
yours truly, the professor. So it's a little bit less of a strategy and a little bit more of just like a philosophy and way of life. In terms of strategy, the first thing that one would need to do if they want to date and they want to do it strategically is to know what you want. It's very important if you're going to have a strategy that you know what you want. And this is important because because you can't get everything from one person. It's actually quite rude to expect everything that you want from one person because it's impossible and it's it's stressful simply because it's impossible. You're more successful if you develop a strategy that's based on what you want. Now, what are some examples of things you might want? You may want hot sex. Okay, but maybe you want it to be an ongoing thing. You want your own magical lover. Or maybe you want to be in a relationship and have children with a person that's going to stick around and be a good dad. Maybe you want to go out a lot and you want to be wined and dined and have a lot of fun. Or maybe you just want to be in a committed relationship. Maybe you'd like to be in an open relationship. Okay, that's probably not that common. But these are some of the things that, you know, people want. Or maybe you just want to fuck someone sexy and you want to be desired. Or maybe you want like a full-on sugar daddy who will marry you and pay for everything. Maybe you want a dom. Maybe you want someone to show you the sexual ropes. Whatever it is you want, you want to decide what that is up front when you're going in with your strategy because to expect a person to beat all of this is a recipe for failure and a recipe for frustration. You have to make some um, allowances. Oh, one other thing I forgot. Maybe you just want a partner, someone to be your partner. A lot of people, too, they want, like, their partner their, to be, like, their mentor. I mean, it's just a lot. And I think the fewer roles a person has to fill, the easier it is for them to be filled. The strategy that you would have if you want to find a lover versus find kids could be very, very different. If you want to have a sugar daddy versus a partner, your strategy would be very, very different. Now, on the subreddit, female dating strategies, it seems like these women are kind of feminine. Like, people might say they're, like, it is feminism simply because it's women's self-preservation. These women have been, they want to be in relationships, they they meet a lot of guys who are scrubs and fuck boys and they're kind of fed up and so they have this subreddit where they talk about it and they basically compare notes. That's what it really is. There's been some attack on this site uh, by guys who are kind of the insecure, manipulative type guys we don't really talk about. For example, I'm looking at the rules and it says it's for women by women, and the advice should focus on the female's maximum benefit and no gaslighting about both sides. So that happens a lot when women try to get together to talk to each other about, you know, to compare notes, they get trolled. One attack on feminism itself is that feminism seeks to subjugate men or say that they're superior to men, and that's just a way to stop women from talking about their rights that they want or the things that they prefer or the way they like to be treated versus not treated. The thing is that a lot of the advice on here is very traditionally relationship and marriage oriented. Some of it does really advocate waiting a long time before being physical with the guy. It's encouraging women to recognize what manipulative men are versus what men who they could really take seriously act like. So I see nothing wrong with that. But again, I just want to break down what my top female dating strategies are. So besides knowing what type of relationship you're looking for and not making a really important strategy for dating is to have boundaries. Boundaries are essential to a healthy relationship. So if you're looking for an ongoing relationship of any kind, whether that be lovers 
whether that be constantly wined and dined, whether that be a partnership or whatever, there needs to be boundaries. And I think um, a lot of women have trouble with boundaries because, uh, because we're in a misogynistic culture. And so there's a lot of encouragement in that culture to like be insecure and to not trust your man and to flip out if you think that he's not trustworthy. But this is bad advice and this is just part of a misogynistic culture that seeks to get women to be silly. So boundaries. So boundaries are not manipulation. Boundaries are basically a line that you just don't cross. And the reason you don't cross it is because you don't want to drive yourself crazy. You need to have peace of mind if you're going to be in a relationship. And um, both parties have to have peace of mind or the relationship will not work. So it's important to have boundaries. If you feel like you have to spy on somebody and go through their phone and all that kind of stuff, then you don't have peace of mind and you should not be in the relationship. So one reason to have boundaries is because you want that person to have boundaries with you. And the moment in a relationship you cross the line, it gives the other person the incentive to cross the line as well. And most people will cross the line as well. That's just how humans are. It would take a person of bigger integrity to not cross that line with you. And you don't want to go down that slope. So a boundary is a line that you do not cross. And if you start to feel like you need to cross it, then you step away from the relationship. That actually is a bigger incentive for your partner to like regain interest in you if they have lost it than anything else. Pulling away, taking your time, as long as you don't reject a person and play games, okay? Because remember, boundaries are not manipulation. So set boundaries, you know, don't spy on your partner and maintain, like, treat that person the way you want to be treated. And if they cross the line, then you need to move on. You can always give a person a second chance, but they really have to earn it. Like, they can't just say they're sorry. Like, they have to do things differently. And you have to know that that's important because you can't be going through that your whole life. So that leads us to, you know, trusting yourself. Basically, trusting your relationship is trusting yourself. If you start to feel insecure, you're in the wrong situation. You need to remove yourself from that until you no longer feel insecure or whatever it is that's bothering you. And that is a strategy. That's a strategy because when someone is insecure, they're not attractive. Confidence is what's attractive. But if you're worried or obsessed with this guy or whatever, then you're a lot less attractive to him than someone who is confident. And over time, that kind of behavior can weaken his respect for you and he can lose interest when he sees someone else that is more confident and trust themselves. Somebody who trusts themselves enough to set boundaries and to take some space if things are not in line with the way that they have set the rules. Okay, so trust yourself and be confident in your decision, in your relationship, and in yourself. That means responding to your partner with some level of consistency so that they know that you're in control and they can trust that. You also want to have sexual confidence. This is a huge strategy. Okay, make no mistake that if you're dating a heterosexual man, having sexual confidence is very important. The only kind of people who want someone who's not sexually confident are typically like just weirdos. Like, they want, like, a child, like, someone that they can show the ropes to because they have, like, self-esteem and, like, dick issues. Um, or, you know, someone who's also vulnerable and is attracted to vulnerability. A lot of times that can be problematic. Even though it's nothing wrong with being with someone like that, there needs to be healing on both sides or else the relationship is not going to work. If it's coming directly from a place of vulnerability. But... Sexual confidence, okay? So sexual confidence is easy because, you know, you're naked, you're, you're exposing all your, you know, 
dirtiest, grimiest, deepest, darkest places. And, like, it's your moment. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, it doesn't matter how fat you are. It doesn't... It is your moment to get up there and shake your ass, put your titties all in his face, overwhelm him with your sexiness and your sexual confidence. Overwhelm him with that. When he walks away, make him say, whoa, whoa, okay? When men, when a man leaves my house, let me tell you something, he is whistling. He is whistling or he is stumbling. One or the other. I don't play around. Sexual confidence is super important. Another strategy that's in line with this kind of thing is to have a life. Again, it goes back to confidence. Nobody is attracted to somebody who's like pathetic and has nothing to do and has no life and wants to make their whole life about somebody else. That's not attractive in the beginning. Like later, once they're stuck with you, yeah, that's how it's going to be. But early on, they don't want to see the signs of that. They want to feel like you have a life and you're bringing them into your life. They want to feel like you have something exciting to offer. So you need to have a life and you need to have things to do that don't have anything to do with them and maintain that as part of your boundary. Even if they don't know like what you're doing, like that's fine. Like Some mystery is important. Like they can think that you have cool stuff going on. You don't have to go into detail into what everything is. This person would be aware that your life doesn't start and stop with them. So the time that you put into them is sacred time and it means a lot. And that's the that's the motivation. Plus it's just good for your mental health for you to have a life. Okay, another strategy is for dating, female dating strategy, is, in my opinion, to wear lingerie. I believe in lingerie. I think it's good to play a role sometimes. It spices things up. It adds another layer, you know, something that you can use as a barrier when you want to, but as an invitation when you want to. So different types of lingerie are good. It spices things up and it lets you again get into an element of fantasy and role play that has never ever been bad for any relationship. It creates bonding um, and it's fun and it's different. Okay, remember if you're if you're looking for dating for like long term, then you have to be someone who is a little bit exciting sometimes and doesn't just do the same thing over and over. That's going that's a, definitely a strategy that will work in your favor. So a lot of people are going to like castigate me for this one, but one of my biggest tips and strategies for female dating is to just be a hoe. Yes, I said it. Just just be a hoe, okay? Just be a hoe. Because let's be honest, everybody loves a hoe. Literally, everybody loves a hoe. Okay? Now you may say, oh, but I want to get married, or this is long term, I want the guy to respect me, so I don't want to be a hoe. Well, I don't mean, like, literally be a working hoe. What I mean is to be kinky, to be freaky, to be sexual, to be sensual. That's what I'm saying. Don't be a prude. That to me is one of the biggest dating strategies you could ever understand is to not be a prude. Don't be a prude with your sexuality. Don't be a prude with your time. Don't be a prude with your affection. And I know a lot of girls think that they need to be because they've been burned and there's like always a game being played. But part of the strategy is to know what you want so that you are working on somebody who's not the type of person who would play a game in the first place. Because, like, if you're just working on someone who's going to play a game in the first place, then I guess you just want a quick fuck, and so that's a totally different strategy. You don't have to put so much into that. But, you know, be sexual, and be kinky, and be fun. There's nothing wrong with doing a little kinky outside once in a while, little public this, or, you know, you don't have to be, like, really aggressive about it all the time or anything like that, but just... 
don't be boring sexually. That's really important. Do not be boring sexually unless you want to end up with somebody who's boring sexually. And don't think that by picking someone boring sexually, you're going to hold on to them. That's actually sick. So yeah, be a hoe. Don't be a prude. doesn't mean you have to give up all the goodies, but you shouldn't be with someone who's like a, a jerk anyway. You should be like dating someone who is an open-minded person. If you want to be in a sexual relationship with someone, it's important that you give them sexual stimulation. And I'm not saying like you owe it to them or you need to do it when you don't want to. But I am saying put some lingerie on and do some kinky stuff. Suck some dick. And I can't emphasize this enough. You don't know how many men in relationships email me for sexual advice through the podcast and they tell me that their wives basically like don't even want to do it with them. All these problems. It sounds like such a drag. I can't even imagine being in a relationship with a person like that and expecting to like feel good. Sounds awful. Okay, so have fun. You know, suck it. Do some kinky stuff. Play around. Mix it up in the bedroom. And be open-minded. And be kinky. And you'll be closer. And your relationship will probably go farther another piece of advice i have for female dating strategy is to be submissive this is a very important piece of advice if you like heterosexual men a lot of them really enjoy um a submissive woman and by submissive i don't mean second place i should also say tender And to be tender is advice that I would have for any person. It is in your interest to be tender because tenderness is a very attractive quality. It doesn't mean meekness or weakness. It just means tenderness and the ability to be gentle when you want to or be gentle and tender in the right moments. And that's what makes people feel comfortable around you. And so that's very important. But being submissive is an offshoot of being tender. And, um, you know, a lot of men love when women are willing to be sexually submissive. It's not required, but they really like it. And that goes back to kind of being a hoe, like being fun, being open, trying different things, trying role play. A lot of guys want a dominant woman in life and a submissive woman in bed. Or a lot of guys want a dominant woman in life and a dominant woman in bed. Or a And a lot of guys end up with a submissive woman in life and a submissive woman in bed, and they don't like it. Some guys are bored, and they want a dominant woman, and they don't know how to get it because, as we've talked about on this podcast, there are really strong heteronormative expectations for masculinity and dominance. The point is to be tender, and in being tender, it's a humbleness. It's the tenderness to say to your partner, well, what do you really want? How can I please you? Can we switch the roles? Can we, what would turn you on? And, and that's a, a tenderness in that it is submissive on its own. If a woman only wants to be submissive and she wants her man to always be very aggressive and dominant, then she's not very flexible in terms of um, her willingness to compromise. It's a two-way street if you want a person to be happy. And so a strategy is to be open-minded, be flexible, let yourself be tender, let yourself be submissive in terms of allowing things to happen, and, and be sexual. In my opinion, only psychos want someone to be subjugated and submissive to them all the time in life. Those people are usually like serial killers or something like that. And I would stay away from those types as a strategy. Another female dating strategy I have that is super great if you can do this is to be funny. Be funny. Everybody loves a funny person. Everybody wants to have a funny person around. And um, when it comes to building chemistry and having like a long term, like having longevity with someone, having like a little way that you guys like to flirt and crack jokes together is very, very important. 
I don't see relationships lasting without that. And even codependent relationships can last forever if they have some kind of humor that's shared between the two partners. So be light and be funny and don't be too serious and don't be too mad. If you feel mad, just step away. Like anytime you feel unhappy or uncomfortable, that is to tell you, that is telling you that you need to step away until you no longer feel that way and then you'll know what to do. I have a friend and she's a beautiful, she's a really beautiful girl and she, um, she always dates these guys who are kind of like not nearly as attractive to her and I mentioned it and she said it's because she feels like, (laughs) she said guiltily that it's because she deep down is insecure and she feels like She'll be like the most beautiful woman they've ever had. So they'll be like chasing her and they won't want to leave her. So by dating guys that are less attractive to her, it's basically like a small insurance policy that they'll grovel at her feet a little bit more and she can get away with treating them like shit. That is her strategy, okay? She wants to mistreat her guys. She picks guys that are not as attractive as her because she'll be the best chick, the best looking woman they ever had. Now, this is a strategy that many a married woman has followed. Uh, Clearly, I do not follow this strategy. I always want some hot-ass guy who's, like, super fit, totally gorgeous, and sexy. That's my problem. That is my problem right there. But that's my problem, not yours. Okay, another strategy is to... Open up your mind and date outside your race, date outside your class, date outside your circles. You know, I was watching this show the other night. Uh, It's a movie on Netflix called Always Be My Maybe. It's written by Ali Wong, that crazy little Asian, always pregnant during her stand-up writer. And, uh, And who's the guy in it? Randall Park, this Asian guy. Anyway, I was like, damn, they got all these hot Asian dudes to be in this movie. Um, I don't know who played her first boyfriend, but he was beautiful. And then Randall Park was so cute. I was like, oh, he's so cute. Oh, my goodness. Um, He was so cute, you know. And so I was watching it, and I was thinking, like, man, I'm so glad that they're making, like, shows now with Asians. Because all these years, like, we never had any shows with Asians. And I just realized as I was watching it, like, we never get to see, like, Asian men as, like, the hot guy or the guy that you want to date. And just seeing, like, those Asian men in this one movie had me, like, hot for Asian men. I was like, oh, let me call up all those Asian men that I, like, dissed. Definitely date outside your race. Definitely date outside your class. Nobody's perfect. Just try different things and be lighthearted and have fun because that is when you're the most attractive and you can really capture somebody's heart in those moments. So there's a term that's thrown a lot, um, that's used a lot on female dating strategy and it's LVM low value man or HVM high value man. So basically the women on this site use these terms to basically describe a loser versus a keeper. What do they consider a keeper, a high value man? Well, somebody that supports her, somebody that pays for things, treats her, wines and dines her, somebody that works and all that kind of, you know, typical stuff. Somebody nice, somebody not manipulative. These are the things that these women consider a high value man. And I I would agree, you know, someone who is honest and genuine and sincere and fair seems like high value man. What is a low value man? The problem is a lot of times women are like bitter because they've experienced these really like shitty men everywhere. Like, women can't even walk down the street without just being chased and harassed and commented, and it's just annoying. It's like, it's like a minefield out there for girls and women. And don't forget that these guys will kill us. They do kill us, like, every single day in this country just because, like, they want some pussy every single day. 
So, um, so you want to stay away from these, these losers in disguise. But the problem is that a lot of us are just conditioned to think these things are okay. So what is a low-value man, in my opinion? Well, it really has to deal with someone. It really means, like, a person who doesn't fully respect themselves and a lot of times, like, very few people are going to say they don't respect themselves. But when people don't live their lives well, they're not respecting themselves. When people don't respect others and institutions or, or important things, even things that they don't understand, they're not respecting themselves. So, I mean, by the time, like, they're not respecting you, they, they don't respect themselves so much that it's already bleeding into onto you. If you start to feel uncomfortable, insecure, confused, unsure, then the thing for you to do is take some space until you don't feel that. If you have to argue with your man, like if a guy argues with you, he needs to go right away. Because um, a lot of women don't realize right away, but if someone argues with you, they're stealing your energy. And if they steal your energy, then you cannot be as good as you are without them. Period. They actually should be giving you energy. There's a way to give energy and there's a way to steal energy. So by being negative and forcing someone to defend themselves in any way is a way of stealing energy. A lot of times people say it was a joke or whatever, but it had the negative effect. So they've stolen the energy and these are people that you want to avoid completely. Let's say somebody that steals your energy is like giving you some good dick. Well, that dick is toxic, just remember. Now, good dick, though, has a very high value. So, um, so again, you know, just take the space and just let them come to you. And if they don't want to, then there's your answer, right? It doesn't mean you can't, like get some good dick every once in a while, but don't stick around. Don't stick around to argue with them. Work on getting them off the list. Don't take them seriously. Use them for good dick, okay? Remember, your strategy is fully dependent on what you want. If what you want is good dick, then maybe somebody really stupid who argues with you um, would be okay for a little while because you don't need to argue with them. Because they just have good dicks. So whatever whatever bullshit they're talking about doesn't matter. You can just be like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, sure, yep, yep. Doesn't matter. Get your good dick and leave. That's about it. Okay, but I think most people, when it comes to the female dating strategies, they are looking for something with more longevity. So, again, be supportive. Listen to your partner. Be engaging. Don't be boring. Be sexual, trust yourself, don't get into petty stuff, don't be silly, be somebody that they can depend on if they need to, that they know like has a good solid head on her shoulders, but she also can be fun and kinky and switch roles and be tender and be sweet sometimes, okay? Um, that is what you want to do. Uh, you want to be a positive influence on everyone around you. And that's a great strategy for attracting people to your life. So basically, like, everything you do and everything you think sends out attractor patterns. So you, like attracts like. And so, like, if you want to be with a certain type of person, you're going to have to think that way. You're going to have to think very positively you will have to be very open. You will have to let yourself be a light in the world. And if you are a light in the world, you will attract the lights that light you up and do something for you. So when you're on these dating sites and you're creating a profile for yourself, a lot of temptation to be polite and appear well-bred and appear normal, I guess. Um, but guys always tell me that, you know, I have a unique and interesting bio, um, and that most of the profiles for females 
on Bumble or whatever are all pretty much the same. Like, they tell me that, like, every girl has a yoga picture. Every girl has a picture with her friends. Um, whatever. I don't look at girls' profiles, so I don't know, but I believe them. And what do I have? Basically, I have pictures of myself being active and in wearing different clothes. You know, just imagine yourself like Barbie in your pictures, right? You're advertising what kind of person you are. Oh, I'm active. I ride bikes. I go to the ocean. I visit the opera and dress up. I look good in all different types of situations. Look at me, right? I have a nice smile. Um, so, so that's, you know, your pictures, right? Your bio is important too. Your bio has to like reflect your interests so that you can attract the kind of person you want to attract. But again, it goes back to knowing what type of relationship you're looking for first. One advantage that app dating has over real dating is that, well, I mean, you're still going to have this in app dating, but, but when you first date somebody, like on the first date, you always pretend like you're like totally normal and super cool and easygoing and low maintenance and and then later once they're like in the relationship with you the crazy starts to come out right and so everybody does this everybody minimizes their flaws in the beginning um and a lot of times this gets us into trouble because then we realize you know three months later like who the hell am I dating I didn't sign up for this well <laughs> The beauty of app dating that goes over a lot of people's heads is that you can be honest. You can actually be honest to attract what you want right out of the gate instead of wasting time and investing in things that may not work out. What you want to do is be as direct as possible on these apps in order to get what you're looking for as quickly as possible. Don't beat around the bush when there's like a, a thousand people for you to swipe through and vice versa. So yeah, this is a, one of the best pieces of advice I can give in terms of dating at all or attracting something. In order to attract something, you need to put something out that will attract them. And you want to target what you put out in order to attract what you want. I'm going to give you an example. This may not what be what people meant, you know, when they think female dating strategies, but I'm sure people listening to this are not only interested in marriage right away. I'm not looking for a guy who's boring in the sack who just wants to get married and sit around and watch TV all day. Hell no. All right, so, um, so here's an example of a way that I've done my Bumble profile or my app profiles that has actually yielded me some pretty good success. So, um, <clears throat> so I'm going to give you one example of a guy I dated two years ago in 2018. Um, so, so this guy actually, I've talked about him before because the sex was really great. And, um, he lives not too far from me, which is usually a taboo no-no for me, but at least it's on like, it's off a different avenue. So I went for it. Um, but I wasn't expecting anything, you know, but I was like horny and I wanted, I wanted to get, I wanted to find a lover that is a good lover for me and stop wasting a lot of time. So on my profile, I literally wrote the words oral fetish. <laughs> yes, I did. And of course, I had to use a fake picture because I was not out of town. I was here in Manhattan, and I don't need people I know that I don't want to sleep with to see that I have an oral fetish. But I don't want to waste a lot of time with some boring person and exchanging all these stupid text messages that never go anywhere because he's boring. And he brings the boring out of me as well. So I want to get to the point. I posted some pics I found on the internet of some chicks that look 
similar to me. Same type. I said, what kind of sex I like? Well, (laughs) I got a lot of, uh, I I don't know what I got, but I got this one guy who super liked me. And we went out on a date. And I wasn't really expecting anything. But once I met him, I was like, damn, he's pretty hot. He's a big man. And he's like hot. He's sophisticated. He's European. He's sensual. And we had a nice date. We had a good time. We went to my house. We fucked like crazy. And from then on, we started seeing each other like once a week. Um, And it was good. It was good dating. It only lasted for the summer because um, like three months because I, I started acting a little crazy. But <laughs> that happens. That was my fault. Um, but you know, it was a good little run for New York City and, um, you never know what might happen in the future. Probably not because he didn't have time for all that crazy shit. He gave me like three chances and then he cut me off. But, um, but the point here is that I found a guy by being honest who was actually like perfect for me. I had a great time dating him. We had great sex. He was super open-minded. He was, like, cool. We'd go out. We'd laugh. We'd have fun. And we'd go fuck all night. It was pretty awesome. And um, I wish I could have made it last. But there was a possibility I could have made it last had I not messed it up. So that's on me. But the point here is that by being honest about what I was looking for, I was able to match with someone who was similar to me very quickly instead of wasting a lot of time but to each her own the point is that know what you want up front and make it clear and also when you're doing your profile do not say what you don't like like you you don't have a lot of space to write about yourself and so it's pointless to say what you don't like all that does is make you seem like a shitty person a crabby, shitty, unfulfilled, unsatisfied person that nobody wants to get to know. Because you have the right to swipe left or right on whoever you want. So there's no point in wasting your breath or your energy with negativity about what you don't want because all you have to do is swipe left and you don't have to have what you don't want. So there's no reason to tell people that you don't know what you don't like. Be a positive influence because you attract what you put out. And that is very important. There are a lot of girls I read like on that site or responding to that article who seemed really down on themselves. So there's a term called incel, which is involuntarily celibate. It mainly refers to men who don't, who don't get laid. And a lot of them are like really angry chauvinist like just bitter like horrible little men um and they have like these subreddits on reddit that are totally toxic and like disgusting places to be and then um then there's also a term called femcel which stands for like female incel And these are women who feel like they're not attractive and they, you know, don't have any experience with men for whatever reason. Um, And they guess they don't want to have cheap sex or be treated poorly. They want someone to love her. So, um, so what, so they basically were saying like there is no strategy for a femme cell because nobody wants them. One girl was saying that she had some kind of hormonal issue. She didn't specify, but I don't know what it was, if she sweats a lot or she has hair all over her face or whatever, but she was basically saying, like, no one's interested in her because of it. A medical reason. I'm going to tell you guys a really sad story. I'm going to make it brief because it is sad. It has nothing to do with sex, but it has to do with, with your life and getting everything you can get out of your life. Some years ago, something really devastating happened to me, and it really sent me on this journey of self-discovery. And it was a hard understanding that I had to come to about the world. Yin and yang is truly the truth. 
in everything that you see as good, there is something that you could see that is bad. Every side wants compassion for those they relate to. Sometimes in life, something gets messed up. The older you get, the more things get messed up. For example, as you guys know, I, I busted my knee having sex with a young guy. A very young guy. Now my knee is fucked up for like the rest of my life. Unless they come out with some crazy way to repair ligaments much better than they have already. My knee's inflamed. I barely can run. I have to do like little grandma baby steps for only like 30 minutes. And then my knee's inflamed. And I'm like got it propped up on a pillow. Taking turmeric for a week. Because I was fucking too hard. So that's what I'm saying about. As you get older, the more things happen that you can't take back that, in a way, can cripple you. Something breaks and never heals right again. Something, get, get, there's things suddenly start to happen that you can't recover from. And a lot of us don't experience that when we're young. Unfortunately, some of us have because we've had illnesses that didn't get better. But most of the time, when you're young, you get hurt and you get all better. But that, that changes. Now, what do you do? Do you just give up on life? Do you just say, oh, well, this one thing doesn't work for me, so now I just give up? No, you don't. So I'm going to give you, I want to tell you this really sad story really quickly that is a true story that illustrates what I'm saying here. So there's this really insanely sad story from 1985 um this little girl this 13 year old girl her name was Omira Sanchez there was an earthquake there was a volcanic eruption and an earthquake and this young girl was trapped um in the rubble and she was sitting she was able to sit up but her legs were were trapped under something. And um, and so when they came to rescue people, they saw her, and they, you know, she was mobile from the waist up, but her legs were pinned under a door made of bricks. So they, they tried for days to get her out. And they realized that it would be impossible to get her out without amputating her legs or breaking her legs so that they'd have to be amputated. And they didn't have the medical supplies to do an amputation on her. Um, and every time they tried to get her out, the water you know, by moving stuff, the water got a little higher. So eventually they had to put her body in a tire so that she wouldn't be drowned. And it was like days. They were trying for 60 hours to get her out. And it was just so sad because she, you know, slowly died from hypothermia and gangrene and whatever from sitting in the cold water for 60 hours. But, um, but the point here is that like what really affected me was that it was just her legs. It was, she was, her, her legs weren't crushed. You know, she was healthy. The whole earthquake and volcanic eruption didn't put a scratch on her. But because her legs were pinned, she had to die. And people tried like hell to save this beautiful child. And they had to watch her dying. And so when I think about that, I think about myself, my own losses, and how one thing can mess up everything or like these fem cells, right? How this one hormonal condition has made her unlovable to every single potential man in the world 
and she's sad and lonely and doesn't relate to anybody. Um, but just remember, right? Remember Omira Sanchez and remember that if you aren't trapped, if you aren't truly trapped, then you owe it to yourself to get out there and to use every single thing you've got to live. Absolutely. No partner, no lover is going to make or break you. They should never be your sole reason for life. But at the same time, no illness, no defect, no personality quirk, no one thing that makes you imperfect should stop you in any way from going out there and getting your slice of life. You may have to put yourself out there. You may have to be brutally honest. You may have to say something kinky, right? You may have to step outside of the box of how you normally think. But that's probably the best thing you can ever do. Because if you're not happy in the box you're in, then you need to get out of it. And as I said, you know, you want to be tender and easygoing and a bit submissive. Doesn't mean that you're like that all the time, but nobody can take, like, someone who's insane and, like, high-strung all the time. It's not cute. Also, a lot of women think that men like that because they see, like, stereotypes of crazy women all over the media and... Um, you know, like, for example, like in Beyonce's video Lemonade, when she walks down the street and like smashes all the windows out in the cars because she's angry with her boyfriend for talking to the Becky. These kinds of stereotypes indicate that on some level, it's okay to lose your shit and smash out somebody's car windows because they talk to another girl. But it's not. That just makes you look crazy. And it makes all women look crazy. And it's actually... Um, a stereotype that just gives girls the feeling that they have permission by society to do that th- that kind of thing. Oh, she went crazy and smashed up all your shit. Oh, she went crazy and burned your bedroom down. Oh, she went crazy. Like, what'd you do? You cheated on her. You talked to another girl. No, you'll go to jail. Okay, that's unacceptable. <laughs> so... You want to, so one major strategy is to simply find guys that it's easy to be easy and tender and submissive with. If you're dating a fuckboy that you can't trust, then how could you be easy and tender? You've always got to be on guard, right? You can't. If you're dating Tyrone, you better call Tyrone. The point of Tyrone is that he was a fuckboy. That Erica Badu could not enjoy her life because she was dating someone that would argue with her and turn around and ask her for money and just be a total freaking fuckboy. Once she got rid of Tyrone and she got like a real man, she didn't have to write those kinds of songs. She could write songs about other things. It really does come down to the quality. And as I said, you know, is it low value? They say they call them low value men or high value men. And um, a high-value man is a man that you can be easy with. That guy that I dated in 2018, he he was super easygoing. That's why he gave me three chances to not act crazy, and then he just cut me off. Um, because he was super easygoing. He got along with everybody intentionally. Like, he, he didn't cause a lot of drama, and I was the one causing it. <laughs> So, um, cause I, I just had some issues. I wasn't ready yet to be in a relationship is what it was. Another female dating strategy these days is cosmetic procedures. A lot of people think having any kind of cosmetic work is extreme and maybe it is. It's expensive, but it's the world that we live in and you want to look and feel your best. There are all kinds of things you can do for your skin, including like chemical peels you know, just have you looking your best. It's not about how you look. It's about how you feel. So I had like an eye peel because for a while I was like sick and I was really tired and I got these incredible dark circles under my eyes that I could not get rid of. I look like a ghoul. 
but I got um, this like chemical eye peel like three times and it made a big difference. It, it got a lot of the black um, and peeled it from under my eyes. And for a while it looked kind of weird because uh, it didn't fully get it off, you know, but after like, you know, I took the black off and then it was kind of spotty and red, but then over time that evened out. And now I look pretty normal. I don't have dark circles anymore. So it worked. Uh, I can't imagine if I didn't do that and I just had these like permanent dark circles under my eyes. So having that fixed um, was extremely helpful. It makes me look younger, which, hey, it's a dating strategy to look fresh. Sometimes when people get a little older, they look like tired. And so I think um, fillers not like crazy amounts of fillers like Kim Kardashian or whatever but you know just a little bit can sometimes have you feeling rejuvenated even guys get it so if you do want to be married and you want to be serious let's say you're like dealing with some fuck boy that you like you've been sleeping with him forever but it's not really going to that level believe him it's not going to that level just get rid of him or just put them to the side. So I have an example. So there's this woman in my neighborhood who owns a coffee shop that I frequent. She works in real estate here in the neighborhood. But like six years ago, she opened up a coffee shop. And the thing was like, so she had been working at this real estate place for a long time. She'd been dating this one guy for a long time. And he just wasn't, you know, he just wasn't about anything. So she just one day just said, you know what? I'm moving forward with my life. She started dating a different guy who was serious about being married and having kids. The guy that she got with, um, that she ended up marrying, was not as good looking as the guy she was dating. The guy she was, this girl, she's kind of tall. I'd say she's like 5'9". So the guy she was dating was taller than her, and the guy she married is shorter than her but he's cute and he's a family man he's a really nice guy I like him a lot and um and she has her kids she has so now she has her thriving business she has a husband who loves her kids he's nice and cute and supportive and she has her kids She's not just sitting around waiting another five years on some guy. Think of Giselle and Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's a classic fuckboy situation. Leonardo DiCaprio, good-looking, successful guy, was happy to just date Giselle for, like, ever and never put a ring on it, never move forward. How do you know? Because that's what he's been doing his whole life. Leo still dates 19-year-old models with his old 40-something-year-old ass. <laughs> He's old, and he nothing about him has changed since he was, like, 25. So, you know, Giselle um, finally just realized, like, this is dumb. Let me move on with somebody who wants the same things that I want. And boom, she got Tom Brady, who to me is like a million times better catch than Leo. So, you know, Tom Brady is better looking, he's taller, he's hunkier, he's way more athletic, he makes more money, and um, and he's a family man. But even in this situation, Giselle had to eat dirt because Tom Brady ex was pregnant and he wasn't with her so what do we assume when something like that happens we assume that tom brady's a douchebag because he's not with his ex and he'd rather be with some supermodel than his ex that is pregnant but ultimately it all worked out take it from giselle don't just stick around with a fuck boy and you might have to eat some shit as well to get what you really want okay well i think that's it another dating strategy or dating tip that I have for for women or for anybody is um, if you feel like you're ready to be in a relationship but you're not, I think it's helpful to prepare for that relationship. And what do I mean by prepare for it? In treating yourself very well, you're preparing for a relationship because by treating yourself well, 
you set the bar for how one should how you should be treated and when you understand how you should be treated then you create good boundaries and you know how to treat someone else and you also by treating yourself well you demonstrate to someone else how to treat you so that you both start treating each other very well and that's what you attract so you want to treat yourself well eating good food like spending a little money on yourself letting yourself feel good and happy is an investment in yourself and in your future relationships or in your relationship because you can't be good to anyone else until you have what you need to feel good if you feel terrible don't think that you're going to be good to someone else so this is important and in the home it's the same thing if you want a relationship with somebody and you want a man to come into your home and make it a home with you or build a life with you then you want to make your home a place that he feels comfortable so i used to like not be ready for any kind of relationship i wasn't ready to compromise with people i was pissed off and i just wasn't i just wasn't in that place so i never even like thought of my apartment as like a home that much like i did but it was like a place where i crashed and then as i started to like recover and i felt less angry i wanted to make my home a very cozy place where i felt extremely comfortable a place where i really wanted to be and made me feel good so you know maybe like a year a year or two ago i started this process of kind of looking for new furniture thinking about redecorating my house, you know. So I ended up like over the course of of um a year or something buying like almost all new furniture. And then like I really liked it. And now like when people come into my house, I can tell that they really like the vibe. The guys come over and I can see that they feel the vibe of my place and they look at me and they feel like, "Oh, she she this is her vibe." And so so that was good. That was a really good move on my part, making it a welcoming place that when men come in, they feel like this is a place I'd like to be. Uh now that I have made my home what I like and my home is a warm, affable environment, now my next step are plants. I want to practice, you know, living with something, keeping something alive. Traditionally, I kill every plant that I get. So my goal now is to um to get I have my first plant and to just, you know, acquire some plants and keep them healthy and happy and alive. The plant I got, I ordered from Amazon and it came and it was like basically dead when it got here. So I've been nursing this plant back to health. And I think it's really good practice for being in a serious relationship. I know you laugh cuz it's just a plant, but You know, you have to talk to the plant. You have to you have to feel the leaves when a plant is sick. You have to feel it and touch it and talk to it and be tender with it, you know. You put it in the sun during the day, but then you move it into the room with you at night so that it's not alone. And the plant is coming back to life based on these techniques. These are the same ways you would have to treat a person. And so, um, you know, after I get some plants going, I know that when a guy walks into my house and he sees the plants, he's going to feel even more at home because he's going to feel like this is a earthy woman who knows how to love and nurture something and everybody wants that from their partner. Period. So plants are important and then I think once I have it down with the plants and me and the plants are really healthy and happy, I may get a pet. And after that, I think I'll probably be in a relationship because if I can't even keep a plant alive, how can I keep a relationship alive? So, I know a lot of you guys are already there with this kind of thing, but just in case you weren't, just pointing out to you that all these factors are things that are only going to make you more attractive to potential partners um and ultimately just remember what you want. When I thought about how I want to redo my house and get my furniture and see my home, I certainly had a certain type of man in mind. Right? There's a certain type of person that's going to be attracted to a home like mine. 
And so ultimately you want to create the environment that is welcoming for the kind of energies that you want to attract to just walk into and just stay there. And I also want to say thank you so much to His Excellency Prince Carl, who blessed me with his royal and majestic presence here in New York City last week. It was really great hanging out with the prince. Be sure, guys, to check out his podcast, City Connect. I can't really tell you what this podcast is about. It's about, like, everything that is on the prince's mind. But he's a cool dude, so follow him on Instagram and check out his podcast, City Connect and Prince Carl. Thank you for listening to Millennial Sex, True Stories podcast. This is your host, the Professor Double X, and I look forward to our next romp in the bedroom. Good night.